<laughs> okay. Uh, we're doing Parsha's Truma. This is at uh, at a wedding, so it's not going to be the most uh, the clearest. I'm sorry that uh, it's not going to come out as well as I thought it would. Okay, so Truma number one says, You should take from me Truma from any person that has a generous heart. You should take my Truma. So Truma, Chazal says, say, stands for Torah Mem. It's got the letters of Torah Mem. The Torah that was given in 40 days that went to Bnei Yisrael. So the Panach Raz says the specific diuk that we want to make out of this is Torah Mem is that the Torah had to be given to Ochle Amun. The people wait in the month for 40 years. The reason why is so simple. Because the people wait the month for 40 years were sitting there without any Parnassah that they had to make. They, weren't, they didn't have to do anything else. All they had to do was to learn. They didn't do anything else the entire time. So that's the reason why it was given to them. They could concentrate all day long on it without any worries. And that's why Truma not only means Torah Men, but it also literally means separate, to separate yourself, to separate yourself from the mundane parts of life, and also to be merim, to exalt yourself, to raise yourself up to a level. The Peshat is that you raise yourself up to a level to be Mekadish your time. There's a remez over here to the entire Torah. And uh, the remez goes by, there's a medrash that says, V'yichuli Truma. This is what we mean when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. So everybody says, like, what does Shema Yisrael have to do with Yichuli Truma? What does that have to do with anything? Awesome answer from Nelson Adler. Nelson Adler says, Shema, how many letters is it? Three. Yisrael, how many letters? Hashem. Elokeinu. Six. six and Hashem Echad is seven. So it's three, four, five, six, and seven altogether. Although not in that order, obviously. But it's uh, three, five, four, six, and seven. The shot is is that those are all the amounts of aliyahs that you have per week. Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos Mincha, you have three. And Rosh Chodesh and on uh, Rosh Chodesh and on what else do you have? Four and Cholamoid, you have four. Five is on a Yumtif. Six is Yom Kippur. And seven is on Shabbos. Whenever you have aliyahs, you have Zemash Amrina that it refers to the Torah. And thus the truma is zosat truma shertikumeitam zahav v'kasef unachoshes. So the chasam sofer adds onto his rebbe's board, the Reb Nelson Adler, and he says zahav, zayin, hay, and bays. The seventh day of the week, the fifth day of the week, and the second day of the week. That's Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos. That's when you lay. Kasef stands for the chaf is kipper, yom kipper. Samach is sukkis, and the uh, pay is Purim and Pesach. Nechoshes nun is neros Hanukkah. The ches is rosh chodesh. For also that includes Rosh Hashanah. The Shin of Nechoshes is Simchas Torah, Shmini Atzeres, and Shabuos. And the Tuf is Tainios, all fast days. So that every day that you could possibly lean throughout the Torah is Zahav, Vakasef, and Nechoshes. Those are all the days that you lean throughout the to- throughout uh, throughout the years. And the Pshat is, according to the Kliyakar, that's from Shapi and the Arun. The Arun Kodesh, with the Badim and everything, with the poles that were on the side, the Bade Arun, the poles of the Arun, the Badim, but Bez Dalid Yud is a Gemashir of 16. 16, because 16 are the amount of Aliyahs that you have per week, the normal Aliyahs you have per week. It's 369 for Shabbos Mincha, Monday and Thursday, that's 9 altogether, plus 7. That's 16 altogether. For the 16 Aliyahs you have, I know Maftir, Maftir doesn't really count because they didn't really have a th- such a thing as Haftor, and Lo Yasumi Menu, that if you do it, Every three days, like Moshe Rabbeinu prescribed, then Lo Yisrumi Menu, you're never going to remove the Torah from yourself. You'll, it'll never be forgotten. Okay. Famous Rashi in the beginning of the parsha says, "Ve'yichuli truma li lishmi." From me, take the truma from my name. So everybody asks, well, "From my name?" As opposed to who else's name? 
supposed to shame shall a y karsh shame shall a y karsh obviously that would be that wouldn't work out so what does that mean lili shmi what does that mean for lili shmi why does he have to repeat the li what's going on here so there's a famous word that they say based on brachos samach kimolam and alaf the gemara brachos samach kimolam and alaf asks why does the parsha of sota and the parsha of truma get put next to each other on parsha's nasa parsha of truma and parsha sota are put right next to each other why it's a, not here but it's in parsha's nasa why so the answer the pshat is because if you don't give to a Kohen, Truma, then you'll need the Kohen for Sota. Because of a Sota. Because what happens by the Sota? You have to bring her to a Kohen, and she drinks the water, and then she, uh, what's it called? She either blows up, or she's good, and everything's innocent. But you'll need the Kohen to bring her down there. So if you don't give money to a Kohen, you'll need the Kohen for something else. The question is, obviously, what's the connection? Just because I won't give Truma, all of a sudden my wife's going to become a Sota? Why in the world is one connected to the other? Say, this is such an awesome board. Pasukim Mishle says there's only two reasons why a person becomes poor. Either number one, because he didn't give tzedakah, it's number one, or number two, because he's spending all his money on znos, on zonos. And if he spends his money on zonos, he won't be able to have any money. So his wife will look at this guy. Now this guy isn't giving tzedakah. But the guy brags that he's giving tzedakah all over the place. So his wife thinks to himself, why is this guy poor? It's not because he doesn't give tzedakah, because he gives a lot of tzedakah. So what must, or says he gives a lot of tzedakah. So what must it be? It must be that he's becoming poor because he's going to the zonos. So if he's going to the zonos, I can be a zona. I can copy it off. So the husband catches the wife, and she becomes a sota. So he grabs her and brings her down to the Kohen, back in Yerushalayim. And in Yerushalayim, what's going to happen? They take the water, and they put the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they put it inside the water, and he erases the name, and they feed it to the so Kaddish Baruch says, V'yichuli Truma, do it for me, not only for me, for my name. Don't let my name be erased on the Sota's water. Do it Lishmi for my name so that my name doesn't get erased on that water. That's the whole shot behind it. So that's why Rashi says that word Lishmi. All right, Ba'asuli Mikdash. Uh, I think it's my dad's favorite word, so uh, this works out well that he's here. Ba'asuli Mikdash v'shachanti b'socham is an unbelievable line. Ches, make me a base of Mikdash v'shachanti b'socham. I will dwell within B'nai Yisrael. Everybody asks, Mikdash? That's a big mistake. I thought we were making a Mishkan. Like, you can imagine, like, everybody standing around, like, oh, jeez, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant to give something else. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing a Vizna Mikdash. I really thought we were dealing with something else over here. What's the deal with the word Mikdash? And, I mean, the question is asked, where do you have a Tzivoy to make a Vizna Mikdash? How do you know there's such a Tzivoy? How do you know there's such a thing out there that you should make a Vizna Mikdash? Where do you get that from? We know a Mishkan. There's not one place throughout the whole Torah where it mentions make a Vizna Mikdash. And it doesn't mention Yerushalayim. It doesn't mention Harabais. It doesn't mention anything like that. So where do you get that from? So. The Balaturim is an awesome board. He says the pshat behind it is shachanti besocham, shachain tough yud. How long did the first base of Mikdash last for? Four hundred ten years. That's tough yud. So the first pshat is shachain tough yud. That I will dwell within you for four hundred ten years. That's shachain tough yud. And also, how much does the second base of Mikdash last for? 420. Shani, the first, third, and fifth letters of Shachanti, Shani was Tafchaf, the other two letters of the word. The second base of Mikdash lasted for 420 years. So both are represented, the first and second base of Mikdash are both represented within the Shachanti B'Tzochah. Shachin, he dwelled within B'nai Yisrael for Tav Yud years, for 410 years. And aside from that, it also works about the Shin Chaf Nun, also is the Gematria 370, which is the Gematria of how long the Mishkan lasted in Shiloh. The Mishkan was in Shiloh for a total of 370 years. So altogether you have that. 369, they say, the 370th year. Also, who made the Beis HaMikdash? Shlomo Melech. How many years after they left the Midbor did they make the Beis HaMikdash? 480 years. Shlomo Melech made the Beis HaMikdash 480 years after they left Mitzrayim. This Shachain, Vav Shem Chaf Nun, is the same Gematria as Shlomo. 
Chaf Nun Taf Yud is saying Gamash is 480. So everything is represented by Vishachanti Vesochem. That the first base mixture, which was lasted for 410 years, and the second base mixture, which was 420, is all started by Shlomo Melech, who built it 480 years after the base, after they had left the midbar. And the, aside from that, we also get a little Mishkan Shilo inside there. But it still doesn't explain what's going on with this. How could you, how do you have a tzibur to build a base mikdash? So there's a bunch of different answers. There's a Rabbeinu Ephraim that says that the blueprints were given to Moshe at Sinai, and he had those blueprints and he handed it down to Yoshua, and Yehoshua gave it down to the next person in line. They gave it down until it got to Shlomo, and Shlomo was finally able to build it up. But the blueprints were always there. That's an unbelievable answer, but that's one answer. There's other answers that's given around around here, but the Rambam says, and it's quoted from the Orachayim, the Pshapian Vasuli Mikdash is a constant sevoy that might even be a mitzvah raisa for us to have every single time, that you always have to have a holy place. You always have to have a place to go that's holy. In the Midbor, it was the Mishkan. When they were in Yushalayim, it was a base of Mikdash. When you're at home and when you don't have a base of Mikdash, it's a base of Knesset. It's a shul or a base of or something like that. Even in your house, you have to have one place that you set aside that if I daven at my house for whatever reason that there could be, possibly be for some godforsaken reason that I missed Minyan, so then you have one certain place that's right there set for you that you always daven there. That's a Kadosh place. And you make that Arba Amos. Don't put it right in front of the TV. That's probably not such a good idea. Don't put it anywhere near there. It's got to be in a place where you know this will be a holy place and I can always dive in there. I'm not going to have to worry about anywhere else. Probably shouldn't be like right by your bed either. You know, so you can keep your fill in there. And either one of those places. You've got to make that. Asuli Mikdash stands for make for me a holy place and I will dwell within that place wherever it is throughout all of Yisrael. Right now, the Tzibu is the Mishkan. But later on, it's going to be the base of Mikdash. After that, it's going to be a base of Knesset. And there still is a Tzibu within every person to have one within their house. There still is that Tzibu by every single person. Aside from that, why the Mishkan right now? Oh, this is awesome. Mishkan was all to go up against the Sultan. Because they were in the middle of the Midbar. The Midbar is a wide open place with huge open areas. Shadim are known as Shadim. They're known as demons because they love the Southern. They love being in open areas and open fields and everything. This is a perfect place for all the Shadim to be. A perfect place in the middle of the Midbar, in the middle of the desert, for the Southern to be, for them to be, for them to be rolling around there. So it's the worst place in the world for the Jews. The Jews are going to go down because these Shadim are going to take them over. And they're going to take over everything they're thinking and they're going to knock them down. So you know what they say? They say the whole Mishkan was all built to come combat that power of the Shadim, to combat that power of the Satan. How? What did it do? So they say the Pshat is, is that first, Vayibin Soa Aram. Vayibin Soa Aram, Vayomer Moshe, and we all sing it. Vayibin Soa Aram, Vayomer Moshe, Kuma, Hashem, Vyafutsu, Aydacha, scatter your enemies. It sounds great, right? Vyanusu, Mipan Misanecha, Miponecha, and let thy enemies run away from you. You know what those refer to? The Oivim and the Sonim? It's not just referring to stomp people. It's referring to demons. Shadim. It's different types of Shadim that are out there. The Makachagim, the accusers that are out there. The whole Pshadim, the Yibayin Soa Aram, the traveling with the Aram was to knock down the Shadim because the Aron had to break down all the Shadim and the Mazikin that there were on the path. And that's the Pshat behind the Aron going in front of them and leading the way, so to speak, in front of all of Klai Yisrael. And like knocking down according to one measure in the Amloes, there were little light beams that came out from the Aron court, from the two Badea Aron. They used to shoot things down in the road. Scorpions and snakes, they say. The Pshat behind the scorpions and snakes, is that those are the Mazikin that we're referring to. So referring to those Shadim, the Mekachikim that are out there, these little shooting arrows that were coming out from the Badea Aron went out. It was all for the purpose of saving B'nai Yisrael so they wouldn't have bad thoughts or tummy-dicka thoughts when they were in the midbar. It goes on. Ate shitim. 
It's all made for that reason. That's why Shitim was never used in the base of Mikdash. It was only used in the Mishkan itself. Number two, they didn't have the Tachash for the base of Mikdash. Not one Tachash. What's the Pshat? Tachashin is the same letters as the word Mashchis, as the destroyer. Then also, there are 11 Urios. 11 blankets were put on top of the Mishkan. Why 11? Because 11, there are 11 Sammanei Akhtar, there are 11 Kochos Atuma that are out there in the Midbor. Those 11 Kochos are combated by those 11 Urios that were on top. Mishkan Eidus. Eidus is Ayin Dalit Vav Tuf. It's a Gamasha of 480 altogether. 480 is the same Gamasha as good old Lily. We remember Lily, right? The original Queen of the Demons. I can't say her full name, but it's got a little stuff at the end. And Blank Fair was named after that little magazine. Either way, so she's out there. That's 480. That was also done. And also, that's why you have Urios Ezim. Why Ezim? Over any other animal. Not sheep, not cows, not anything else, but Ezim. Why an A's? That is because the A's is known as the one God of Znus. It's known as the God of Znus. The one person who's in charge of all Znus and all of Yisrael. The who causes us in all of Klai Yisrael. That A's, that Satan, we had to take down and knock him down by taking the Rios Ezim and putting it on top of the Mishkan. That's what we ended up doing. Okay. We'll skip that for now. The Tchelas. Tchelas. I love Tchelas. I happen to love everything about the Tchelas. Do you know how many series there are about the Tchelas? Where the Tchelas comes from? So there's Rashi. Shabbos Ayin Dalet Mabez says it's a small fish. In Sanhedrin Sadi Aleph Mabez Megillah Davav, he says it's a worm of the sea, not a fish. And Menachos Mabez Aleph, although some say it's a toes Girsa, they say it's from the land. And Yushami Shabbos Parakalos says there's no Gidin Batamus. It doesn't have any bones. It doesn't have, it doesn't have any sinews, which I, I guess you can go with the worm. Most people say it's a small snake. The Aruch says it's a snail with a shell on top of it. But there's also a machlok is what color it is. Rashi in the Chumash says it's green. Rashi in the Gemara says it's blue. <laughs> That's a big problem. That's a big difference between them. The Rambam says it comes from black blood. And it's dyed with other dyes to make it into blue or green. But it's from black blood of a snail. There's other things. Where is it from? What sea does it come from? All the Rishonim says it comes from the Yamagadol, from the Mediterranean Sea. But the Rambam says it comes from Yamamelach. I don't know if anybody's been to the Salt Sea before. Nothing alive there. It says Yam HaMelech, according to the Rambam. And everybody asks on the Rambam, what are you talking There's nothing alive in the Yam HaMelech. So I'll say he means, by the Yam HaMelech, he means the Mediterranean Sea. But as usual, the Rambam is giving us the, the strangest lashon in the world to say what he needs to say. The Zohar says in five or six different places that it's from the Kinaret. It's from the Kinaret. That's a major difference. Is it a saltwater creature or a freshwater creature? How could he say it's from the Kinaret? But the Zohar in many different places says it's from the Kinaret. They try to work that out. It's a little strange. The Radvaz, Shalos Yeshivas Radvaz, says it's even in the Yamsuf. That when they were in the Yamsuf, they were able to trap them and get them out of the Yamsuf. And that's how they had Tchelis in the Midbor over here, because they got them from the Yamsuf, from the Red Sea. And then the final one, the Yamsuf meaning the Red Sea all the way down. My, my the Red Sea, yeah. The Red Sea. Sure. Yeah, well, not for sure. Shouldn't say that. And Ramosha, Moshe Cordovero, the Ramak, says that it comes from Shemayim. That's kind of hard to get now. <laughs> that's going to be one of those, that it comes down straight from Shemayim. That's what he refers to when he says, that's the Shapi and the Zohar, then he means the Kinaret, he means the Kinaret and Shemayim. It's unbelievable. We have all these questions about where it's from. Yeah. Listen to me, I'm always yeah, saying yeah. that, in, uh, that it, it comes from a stream in... Uh, the streams of Naphtali. Streams of Naphtali. Almaromis. It's near Naphtali and Zvulin is the big yeah. question. So they say, where's Naphtali and Zvulin? That's what the whole Machlux is based on also. Where are the, the territories of Naphtali and Zvulin? It goes on. What's the shot nowadays? So the Regina tries to answer up all the steers. He tries to say like where it's from or whatever it is. Try to answer up everything. The Arizal was quoted as to say that there's no mitzvah for us nowadays. That the mitzvah was taken away from us, that there's no mitzvah of Tchelos. And he gave a C before it. Tchelos is only there for a certain reason. We, the mitzvah doesn't apply to us nowadays. And the Shalos 
the truth is Yeshua's Malko. Malko. Simon Ayin, Simon Aleph through, through Gimel. Talked to the Teferis Yisrael. Teferis Yisrael and one other Sefer. I forgot who it was. He wrote them back and he told them. The Pshat behind it is the Gemara says it was Nignas. It was hidden from us. So you can't find it nowadays. It was Ganus. It was hidden from us. It was taken away from us. And thus there's no Lidoro Seichem anymore. It doesn't apply to us. So even nowadays there's no Mitzvah of Techelis. Even nowadays there's no Mitzvah. Was the Romans stopped us from wearing them? The, uh, originally, we don't know. Originally, we don't know. Yes, the Romans probably had something to do with it, and that's when they were gunus, the tchelas, whatever that means. But they have lost. They have lost either the ability to make the tchelas or the actual fish slash snail slash land creature that does make the tchelas. We lost something. There's also another thing, talas shani. Talas shani is the red little red, uh, the red color. So Mamluwe says an unbelievable thing. Trees without fruit make small berries. In these berries, hundreds of small worms fly inside there. They go inside there. They find their way inside there. If if you take these berries and they're fresh and you crush them on the ground, a bloody ooze comes out from these berries. If you take them and dry them out for two months and then soak them in water for a month, it'll redden the water to the point where that water will be unbelievable red dye and you'll be able to dye anything with that water. That's the Pshat behind the Tolal Shani. It's called Kirmi, is according to the Rambam. And the Pshat is, it's worm blood. It's the worms that are stuck inside there. So the question that everybody asks is, what do you use worms? And they give three different answers. Yeah, because now it's already dust, because it was already dried out, so now it's dust. Number two, there's no taste anymore to the worms, so you can't taste the worms. The worms have nothing to do with it. Number three, it's Paltavashishim anyway. Paltavashishim, because there's a lot of other stuff involved, there's water involved, there's other things involved, so it's completely gone anyway. But, the Rabbeinu Bahaya asks, you know, you're missing a very, very big material over here. Why not add in silk? Silk would be a great material to have for the base of Mikdash. For the Mishkan, I mean. And for especially for the big Dekuna. Why not have silk? And silk isn't mentioned anywhere around here. So why, doesn't you, why don't you have silk? So Rabbeinu Bachayis is an unbelievable answer, he says, because it comes from the, 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 the area of a worm. That back area of a worm, it lets out of it, it lets out that silk thread and whatever it is, and because it comes from a bug, and it's a bug thing, so therefore they didn't want to put it in. They didn't want to add in the silk threads because it comes from a bug. But everybody asked that, what about the Tolas Shani? You're using the bugs themselves. And what about the Tchilis? The Tchilis comes from a snail. It's the blood of a snail. Why are those different? But by the, oh, by the, no, 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 silk? No, we can't use. So why is the silk any different? So a lot of people, the Shal Shushub is Ginas of Baradin, happens to matter up, by the way, using uh, silk threads for a Sefer Torah. Silk threads to sew up a Sefer Torah. It's a big machlokus, but the Ginas Baradin matters it up. He says it's perfectly fine. So he says so, so too over here should be. And he says the reason why is because there's no taste. It comes from the rear. It comes from the drool of a silkworm. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it comes from something like that. But Regardless, it comes from that type of an idea, and therefore it's like completely, it's completely different from everything else. But the shot is, is a big difference. Can you guys name it? What's the difference between the tolas shani, tcheles, and silk? If you would use silk. <laughs> That's for sure true. But a much, much simpler difference. As a dye, you're only using the color. But the object is not being used. I mean, you're not using anything but the color of it to color a piece of a thread. By the silk, you're using the actual object itself that came out of the worm's body. That's a problem. You can't use a worm and make a clo- clothes out of a worm. You wouldn't be able to use the snails and make clothes out of the snails. But we're not. We're taking stuff from them. This, you're using the stuff, I should say it better, you're using the stuff from them to make it into a color to place onto other threads. Here, you're using the actual object 
object that comes from the the, the, the worm. So says the chida, that's the major problem. That's a major major issue. Spider webbing would be a problem also. Spider webbing you wouldn't be able to use in the base of mikdash. You're using the actual object, the actual object of the silk or the actual object of the spider thread. By the others, you're just using it as a dye. Using it as a dye for everything. It's not a waste product. It's not that point. It's that it comes from the bug. Yeah, because it's not being used as the actual thing. It's only chazusa. Chazusa is weaker than an actual thing itself. Honey is a big question also. Honey was not used in the base of mikdash by anything. Dvash isn't used. So they also bring that down. Yeah, by only by the mishkan, by the mishkan and everything. And he says that maybe says the chidah that's pshat and lamed heichav gimel that it says asher nim sayito. They brought the zav, the kesef, and achoshes, etc. It's chilas vargaman asher nim sayito. The pshat is because it was already theirs. They already had the stuff among them, and they didn't have to worry about going out and getting it from anywhere. So they only used the stuff that was with them. They didn't have any silk. Apparently, Egypt didn't have any silk. They used a lot of linen. So because of that, they used everything they had, and maybe that's a pshat behind that pasuk asher nim sayito. Okay, tchashim. We're not going to be able to go through. There's just not enough time right now. But we'll go into the Kruven. I've never understood the Kruven. We'll get into maybe, if we have time, maybe we'll do this afterward. But regardless, the Kruven. What's the deal with the Kruven? You make two angels and you put it on top of the Aron Kodesh? They're not idols. It's like pure idols. And then Shlomo Melech comes along and makes two more of them. If you don't have a specific heter from God to make Kruven, you can't make Kruven. It's pure Avodah You're making massive Avodah Zarah. And what did the people think? when, like, what's inside the holiest of the holies? Well, we got uh, Aron Kodesh with the Luchos. Then we got these two massive statues. One looks like a boy, one looks like a girl. When we're good, they face each other. When we're bad, they face the other way. So we believe in idolatry? No, 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 no. But where do we daven every day? We daven toward the Aron Kodesh. <laughs> so what are we davening to? We're davening to Hashem. But the Kruvim are there. What does that mean? What are these Kruvim for? So the Yalkuruveni says the whole shot behind them is because throughout all of Tanakh, you don't see any real raya from Malachim. For angels anywhere. We don't know a single name. Michal, Gavriel, and Rafal. It's like all the way out there, right? Gavriel, Michal, and Rafal are not mentioned anywhere throughout Tanakh. They're known as the Echad Auf or the Shaluchim or something like that. Or they're even known as Malachim. But those can also be messengers. They're not necessarily known as their names. Gavriel, Rafal, and Michal are not mentioned anywhere in Tanakh. Those names are not mentioned anywhere because they're not there. There is no Gavriel, there is no Michal, there is no Rafal. So the whole Shabbat on the Kruvim was to prove to Bnei Israel there's a concept of Malachim, there's a concept of them. Now, the Yagaruveni says that's the Shabbat on Sancherev. Sancherev, when he tried to fight Bnei Israel in the times of Chizkiah, came up and he thought there's no such thing as Malachim. So the only thing he wanted to do, says the Gemara, was destroy the Kruven. He came to destroy the Kruven. To that, a Kaddish Baruch who did Midek Negamida, you don't believe there's Malachim? The way I'm going to kill you and your army of either 185,000 people versus 2.6 billion people? Big Machlok is in the Gemara. I know there's a big discrepancy. But either way, you know I'm going to kill you? By letting you open up your ears to hear the Shir of the Chayos, the Shira of the Chayos. The Chayos HaKodesh are going to sing the song. You're going to hear that and you're going to die. That's how you're going to hear it because you're going to hear the song of the Malachim and you'll see that it's, very, that it's true that they're out there. So they did that and they ended up killing them. That's Rashad. One Malach, the boy, was from Midas, Midas HaChesed. The other Malach was from Midas HaDin. And when they face each other, that means Midas HaChesed and Midas HaDin are purely with each other and they're going with each other that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can judge the world with Midas HaDin and Midas HaChesed. And if they're not facing each other, they turn around. That means HaKadosh Baruch Hu is either doing Midas HaChesed or Midas HaDin. He's not doing both of them together. He can't bring about Midas Rachman inside the this world. That's the Shabbat and the Malachim turning to each other and turning not. 
Shlomo Melech added on two. Why? What was the Shapi on that? One to be Tzadik Vitovlo and one for Russia Varalo. Certain people, Tzadik Vitovlo only deserves pure, pure Chaste Akarish Barucho. Not even a mixture between Chasid and Din. Pure, pure Chasid of Akarish Barucho. And a Russia Varalo only deserves pure, pure Din of Akarish Barucho. So therefore, Shlomo Melech made those two to add on, not only for the Tzadik Varalo or the Russia Vitovlo, but also for the Tzadik Vitovlo and the Russia Varalo. For those people as well, they were brought about. And it wasn't Baltosif because he didn't add them onto the Aron Kodesh. He added them throughout inside the Kodesh and themselves, but facing each other on the other way. That's how it went. Alright, um, just basically going very quickly about the Tachash. Tachashim. All we know about it is that it has six colors. It's Tahor. According to Rashi, it's a Chaya. Some say it's a Behema. Some say it was only for that time itself. According to Yechesko, we made shoes from it in the Midbor. Some say that there's two different types. One is Tahor and one is Tameh. And also we have a horn in the middle of its forehead. So everybody says, Unicorn! It's a unicorn! Oh my gosh, we have a unicorn! We finally have a unicorn! So, Nelson Slifkin, Nelson Slifkin, Rabbi Nelson Slifkin, takes that down for us and says, Oh no, there's no such thing as a unicorn. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So he goes around and he says, No, it's not around here. You also have to understand it was huge. It was 30 by 4 feet long because it was only one of them. And the skin of the tash was 30 by 4 amos long on top of the Mishkan. That's massive. 30 amos is absolutely huge, even if you can stretch it. So what's going on here? How do you answer it up? So Slifkin says it's a giraffe. And he says, because there's a Gemara, there's a Yerushalmi, and the Yerushalmi does say that according to some opinions, the Tachash is a Keresh. And the Keresh is known in the Gemara as being something that's 16 amos long with a large neck. And it has a horn in the middle of its forehead. So they quote that down. So this very easily could be a giraffe. Why? Because even though a giraffe doesn't look like it has a horn in the middle of its forehead, it does. It has two horns on top of its head, and then it has one bump in the middle of its forehead, which is the protruding bone right out of the middle of its forehead, which technically, although it doesn't really look like a horn, doesn't look like a rhinoceros horn or anything, it is technically a horn. So he claims it's a giraffe. Lots of stuff missing over there. The fact that it is three, whatever it is. I don't mind that being the Karish, but the fact is not all opinions say the Karish is a Tachash. Some opinions say that it's not exactly a Tachash. The Rashi in Yechesko calls it a Tle'ilan. Tle'ilan is translated as, in the, the, the old French, a squirrel, which works out really well when you know a squirrel. A squirrel. Now, it's probably not referring to a squirrel. It's probably referring to a genet or a kivet or a linsang. I'm sorry if you guys don't know what that is. I mean, I expect everybody here to know that. But it's probably like a multicolored cat. Multicolored cats. Yeah, all around, you know? But the problem is multicolored cats are not kosher. The pshat is multicolored cats are kosher when they're lefisha. And I could have wants to make them right now for the midborn. And he puts a horn in the middle of the forehead. That's shopping on the top. There's a lot more to it. We're going to end right now. Okay, we're going to end right now. We're going to end with that. Guys, shkoyach. And, uh... We're Venus Mayakal Mitzvah number? Mitzvah number and we didn't do it. <laughs> mitzvah number forty. No, Technically. Forty three and forty four. Alright, having a shot